1: Bad, bad girl. They... Buggers!
2: is buggers over here.
1: <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh, oh, no! Aaron Harrison, beyond belief!
2: We did it. We beat those British We pastors. beat the
1: British. Second Cornwallis. Ten
2: kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting.
1: Hello everybody! Happy Monday to you, January fifteenth. Thanks, Roush. Just one small request, and you even you even signed off on it. You're all in on it. Well, Scoots get did. He just went like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I thought we
2: did the little pointy finger thing. He just like a mid coffee drink lays it on me,
1: Scoots. Welcome to my world, Grandma. That's what, that's what he does. He, he's, he's very nonchalant about it. It's how it's like, you know, you've you got to really be paying attention to him. Otherwise, you may miss it. He's a sneaky little scoots. Welcome in. I wanted Roush to just bring us on because my internet was, like, the video was acting weird where it was buffering a little bit. So I was like, all right, well, let, if, if it's having some issues, let's give it a little bit more time to figure it out and not have some hiccups. Right at the start of the show, h- hiccup, 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 hiccup. That's okay though. It's a Monday morning. It is absolutely freezing outside. Hopefully, I sound okay for you this morning. It is January fifteenth, twenty twenty-four. It's Kentucky roll call, and what is it like? Six degrees outside. Oh, in single digits.
0: It was five when I left my house. So yeah, very, very, very cold.
2: Ooh, let's see what it is. So I did an extra day with the relatives in Ohio. It's negative three up here. With a negative five degree wind chill. Very, very, very cold, very chilly. But you know what? Um, I think I, I think we might have the happiest um person on radio. In radio, on on are we on radio? In it? On it? The sports talker, TJ Walkers, Green Bay Packers, just really just just they keep owning the Dallas Cowboys. You did it, TJ. You did it
1: we'll we'll definitely get into NFL playoffs. It's going to be a huge Monday show and woke up this morning thinking of two things. Green Bay's blowout domination of the Dallas Cowboys and my neighborhood Thorntons. I love Thorntons. Can't get enough of it. There are the good news is they're everywhere in Louisville. So if I'm out on the road doing appraisals or whatever I'm up to running errands, it's nice that I know a Thorntons is going to be near me. Download that app and be a refreshing Rewards member. You will save time and money at the pump, anywhere 5, 10, 15. Sometimes we'll throw in just a surprise 20 cents off sort of deal. You're going to want that Thornton's app. Roush, what's your favorite thing about Thornton's? Muted. You're muted, Ralph. muted. <laughs> Scoots is muted, muted too.
2: Gosh. We're having, uh, we're, we're, uh, having a, yeah. we're having a start. We're having we, a start to are. the show today. We're, we're having a start. My apologies. Uh, I had the, the kids started coughing last night. I was up, like, a lot. Um, so, yeah. Uh, my favorite part of Thornton's, I like the, the E88 gas, where you're just like, boom. That's an extra five cents every time, no matter what. And then you get the extra 15 or whatever off on of the Refreshing Rewards app. Boom. Coffee. Boom. Donuts. Bam. Lamb. Thank you, ma'am. Shout out Thornton's. Love me some Thorns. <laughs> uh.
1: Ever since this texter on the Thornton text line texted, this was like two or three months. I mean, it was probably uh, a month or two ago. And they were like, TJ, I bet one of your little connector boxes is not shut all the way, like in your neighborhood. Call your neighborhood internet place to get it fixed. Ever since they texted that, and I have no, like, I, I that was a terrible paraphrase of what actually they said. They used some technical mm-hmm. jargon that I obviously don't know. But ever since they said that, I was like, huh, I wonder if that is the issue with my internet, because it's been just inconsistent for like over a year now, which is a little disappointing. But since they said that, when i have taken the dog on walks, I've started to like look around the neighborhood for those little boxes that you just see randomly in yards every so often. And for some reason in our neighborhood, like nearly all of them are not properly closed all the way. Some are like cracked, some are just like totally wide open, some are just like partially open but there was virtually none that were just like shut. And we have one in our yard and it is also just like partially open, but I don't want to go do anything myself for Roush. Cause there's a billion wires there. I don't want to like go stick in my hand in things that I don't know what I'm doing. I learned that in college. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh.
2: Uh, those are great bases though. If you're playing like a kickball or a wiffle ball, uh, great bases, the little, uh, the The electric ones though, are great too. Those definitely not dangerous the, the kind of <laughs> exactly you know, two and a half foot tall sort of electrical boxes.
1: And I've also noticed that like the when the weather it's raining or like windy or snow potentially, I don't know if like stuff gets inside those boxes or whether you rain, whatever it may be. Uh, but I noticed that it maybe gets a little worse and we have some snow, it's not quite an inch yet it's i think clo- closing in on an inch but we did get some snow the roads aren't great not good at all
0: uh they weren't terrible the the highways are fine as long as you just don't don't go crazy and try to speed i mean if if you go the normal speed limit then you should be okay they're they're for the most part they did a nice job clearing them off now i will tell you when i got to the station parking lot there was there was definitely more than an inch last night, and they uh, they plowed it. You could tell that they plowed it, but I couldn't resist it when I pulled in. There's nobody else in this parking lot. Still snow on the ground. I had to turn it real quick and and have some fun. So I had some fun coming in here today. It was, it was a blast. Oh, scoots! <laughs> I just had to. I couldn't resist it. It was one of those things. I turned the corner and I didn't see any other cars, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's it's game yeah. on. Let me let me yeah. take a hard left turn here. You <laughs> little rule breaker, you. Get your text into
1: the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We'll get to the morning grab-and-go, Texters. But Roush brought it up, so I guess I'll talk about it. Yes, dominating <laughs> win. That was awesome. That was the most fun I've had watching a Green Bay game in a really long time. Uh, potentially even like the Super Bowl. But to, uh, maybe going back to the Super Bowl win. That was a blast. And we had a big family party, too. And my expectations were low, especially for Green Bay winning. I didn't think it was going to be a close game. I thought Green Bay would have a chance in the fourth quarter, but I thought it was Dallas' turn to kick the last-second field goal to kind of break Green Bay's heart in dramatic fashion. And I was not necessarily okay with that, but you're in the playoffs as a seven seed. It's Jordan Love's first year as a starter. He's looked good for most of the season, so you feel good about the future. I don't want to say necessarily you're playing with house money because it is Green Bay. It's a proud franchise. Your your expectations aren't to just get to the playoffs. But that being said, if the season had ended yesterday, I think I had come to peace with it to a certain degree. But I got another week, baby. I get to wear Green Bay stuff for another week. I get to have a fun uh, Saturday, listening to all my Green Bay hype music, getting me ready for the game. And it's just a Straight up ass kicking from start to fin. Well, I shouldn't say to finish because they did take their foot off the gas there late in the game, but never to a point that you were actually nervous about it. Uh, but they, they well, maybe maybe Matt Lafleur was because he did put the starters back in briefly. I, I think everything was okay. It was going to take an absolute miracle for Dallas to have any chance to come back. So I wasn't sweating it myself, but that was awesome, and more so just. Suck it to the rest of the NFL. You get to deal with another great Green Bay quarterback oh. for another decade plus. He's unbelievable. And a couple of those throws were easy throws. Don't get me wrong. I could have made those throws with the flags on my side, but some of them were not easy throws. And he does that little back foot thing. He slings it and he's just getting more and more confident each game. Bring on the 49ers baby. We're 10 point dogs and rightfully so, but Jordan loves. I think going to give you a chance unless he just has a complete stinker of a game. But if Jordan loves doing his thing, I think Green Bay is going to going to have a chance in the second half. So that was fun. That was a, and this so far we get two games today, which is good. So far, wildcard weekend has been a total bust. Thank yeah, goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness the game last night was fun. Yeah. That being said, I'm happy to do our part in making it a, a blowout weekend. I, that was that was a blast watching Green Bay just blast the Cowboys.
2: And here's the thing, TJ. I know that there's not a ton of Green Bay Packer fans that are listening um, that are just whiting up as much as you are. But I, do you really have blood in your body if you can't just find joy in watching the Dallas Cowboys annual playoff postseason misery? I mean, it, it's, it's a real treat. It, it always is, especially when they lose at home. I mean, to watch them fall out early in the third quarter – um, I mean, the internet was just having having a ball with that football game. That was uh, that was that was a real treat, a real so, treat to watch it all unfold.
0: Well, that's what
1: I was going to ask you. Is that like I, I saw a ton of that, and I saw some memes of Billy Madison where they light the the poop on the dog, or they light the yep. dog poop on the front porch. He called it, and poop. it said like the Dallas. <laughs> it shows like the old man is the Dallas Cowboys and then Adam Sandler and his friends in the bushes that said like the rest of America and it was them laughing and whatnot. Is that, but like the Packers aren't some cute little underdog, like, but still does the nation just default to hating Dallas? Because obviously I was hating Dallas yesterday. I wanted them to lose, but was the rest of the country going all in, just enjoying it? Because uh, I, I, usually Green Bay is like, The nation likes making fun of them. Understandably so. They're a a huge fan base, but they defaulted to hating the Cowboys. I like hearing that. Yeah,
2: I I think the Cowboys, Scoots, it's probably the most hated fan base behind the Yankees. You would go Yankees, Cowboys, Lakers. I'd agree Um, with that. Because, yeah, because like they just, all of the national shows, everybody's forced to talk about them. um, And they just, it's not. And and and, and the, the other part of it is too is, I mean I don't I don't think I remember when they were actually great. Their last title was in what ninety five ninety six. Like I mean I, I don't remember that. My first Super Bowl that I remember was actually the Favre one. TJ. Uh, so I missed out on the technical glory years, and I'm thirty some odd years old. So the fact that they have this um, arrogance to them when they've sucked for so long is hilarious. Uh, my my favorite stat about the Dallas Cowboys and their playoff success as of late, uh, Nick Foles has more playoff wins than Dak Prescott and Tony Romo combined.
0: Wow.
2: Nick Foles.
1: That's embarrassing. That's horrible. Yeah, so the Cowboys, they haven't even been back to the NFC Championship game since 95. Oh. And that's the third longest drought in the NFL. To, yeah. to make it to a conference championship game,
2: and and I when they showed the graphic and they had Washington and Detroit up there with the Cowboys, you it was it was shocking, like that you just like well that that can't be true. There's no way.
1: You know we give Indiana a lot of grief, but that is significantly worse than IU's little run that they've been on. IU hasn't been what to. An Elite Eight since 2001, 2002? Yep,
0: that's about right. Yep.
1: Sucking. That's Cowboy. wild for like, the Indiana Hoosiers to go over 20 years without being able to win three tournament games in a season. That is wild to say out loud for a program like Indiana. Nearly a quarter of a century without just being – Elite Eight is like – if UK were to lose in the Elite Eight this year, Roush, we'd be ticked off. We'd be yeah. like, that is not good yeah. enough. Like We needed to get back to a Final Four. IU makes it to Elite Eight. If, if they celebrate the watch shot in the manner that they do, goodness gracious, what are they going to do for that Elite Eight team?
0: Like, oh, Watch out, Nets. No, no more yeah, Nets mandatory. anywhere
1: around. Mandatory tattoos for all citizens of Bloomington. But, but that being said, the Cowboys is even worse. Uh, there are, what, 360-plus cool. D1 basketball teams? There are... You just think you'd luck into an NFC Championship game in a span of even a longer stretch than the Cowboys coming up on 30 years? 30 years without making it to the NFC Championship game. Sometimes, Roush, that's all—that's just winning one playoff game. If, if you, back in the day when the first two seeds would get the bye, you just need to win one playoff game and you'd be in the NFC Championship game.
2: Uh, I'm pretty it, sure it, it this what happened when Romo fumbled the snap too on that PAT. I think that was divisional to go to the championship.
1: round. And I think the Descott game was also divisional if I'm not if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, but he didn't catch it cuz you know, he got to complete got to complete the process of the catch. He didn't unfortunately, but uh, I guess the only good news Dallas is like this has to be the end of Mike McCarthy, no.
0: I would say so. Yeah. And yeah. I think
1: Mike McCarthy's a fine coach, but like th- Look at his playoff struggles. That is not just a coincidence. I mean,
2: this is what Mike McCarthy does. He a bunch of 12-win seasons that don't do anything in the playoffs. Um, I like the
1: guy. I will always remember that Super Bowl very very fondly. That was a blast of an evening. But he just he's not he's not cut out for the big stage. That being said, credit to Matt LaFleur. Those offensive play calls were unbelievable. And more so Joe Barry and this defense, what the hell has gotten into them? I'm not going to ask too many questions about it. Just keep it up.
0: TJ, I knew it was going to be a good night for your Packers when they did the Madden thing. You know when we used to play Madden back in the day and we did the coin flip and we won the coin toss? We would receive every single time. So when Green Bay did that last night, I was like, ooh, I kind of like this, being aggressive. That's like setting a tone in this game that they're going to get the ball first and go down and score. Not only did they do that, but they took over half the time of the first quarter off the clock in a scoring drive. That's when I knew. I was like, okay, this this just feels like Green Bay's day. Very early in that game.
1: I was always really practical in video games and would want the ball at halftime. Oh, really?
0: Ralph, yeah, what'd you I, do? I would. Did you receive?
2: Yeah. 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 Well, always I learned when I got older that that's not the way to go. But, yeah, <laughs>
1: I but you're right. They, they went out with a mindset and an attitude yeah. of, we, we know that we can score against these guys. We know we can put up points. And my goodness gracious, did they? And in large part because of the defense. That was fun. That was a great time second so Cowboys.
2: The um one thing I need to mention, too, is, you know, I, I at least alluded to it off the top about how we're kind of – we, we got to deal with the Cowboys a lot because they just – they drive ratings, so they're on all of these national shows all the time. Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless post-Cowboys playoff losses. Man, just – First and foremost, Skip sucks. Like, I I just I need that to be clear. I don't like him. Like I just I, I don't, but like both of those, I just respect them being so dedicated to their bull crap. And it it to the point that it amuses me. So Skip's bit is that when a cowboys lose, he looks like he's gonna cry and he like gets a pouty face and then he throws his cowboys jerseys in the in the garbage can. And it's the lamest videos ever. Stephen A. just, like, cackles and laughs at the face. And he's like, I told you. I told you. And he just becomes hysterical. And you see the joy in his eyes. And TJ, as great as it was, the joy in his eyes, the Stephen A., he actually got outdone by Skip in his video because Skip, Skip was losing a battle with his trash can. <laughs> the trash can has an automatic lid. And every time he kept getting ready to throw, it would shut. <laughs>
1: I I, I saw that video. I don't like giving those guys all that much time just because I think they're a lot of what's wrong with, like, sports takes and media and stuff like that. But the skip video is objectively hilarious.
2: (laughs) He lost. He lost the fight with the garbage can. <laughs> and,
1: and the thing is, I don't think that that was planned. But like that would be a curb your enthusiasm, Larry David skit that it would be planned. <laughs> that like, all right, he's he's so mad that they're losing, but the automatic trash can bin keeps going down on him. And I, I think it was not intentional because like no. he is getting annoyed with it. Like you can tell, like he's like. But also, I think if you were really, but maybe it was fa- stage because if you were really upset, wouldn't you just take the lid off that thing and just start throwing stuff in there? I mean, I, I okay. I I feel like an idiot for even entertaining the idea. Obviously, the whole thing was staged. He was throwing away Cowboys gear. What kind of nerd would do oh, that?
2: He does, and and, it's, and the thing is, is you know maybe the. I mean, this is at least the sixth or seventh time he's done that, uh, and you see him exactly. wearing the jersey. Right. So like, I it, forgot it, that it,
1: there's it, other videos it, out there making my it, point that I don't like a, giving it's these. A, it's a dumb
2: bit, um, but like I don't know. There's just something about those guys that. Like, you're right, TJ, I I don't, I'm not their biggest fans. I've never, I never watched their shows, but Stephen A just instigating the Cowboys, like when that clip, just the clips of him where he's walking around with the Cowboy hat on and the glee, like that's one thing that uh, doing this job and especially for as long as he's been doing it, you know, there's some things where like, I'm sure it wears on you, but man. That's this is one thing. he he brings the effort, the enthusiasm, the energy. every time the Cowboys lose, he just it's like, oh, so th- th- that's his why. That's why he goes on TV every day. So he gets to have these moments to laugh at the Cowboys and all of their fans. and I oh man, it was it was it was a very funny, very funny day on the internet. My only regret is not also betting the money on too. So shout out to Aaron Jones. I think I said it on Friday. Big game for the homecoming. The UTEP grad. What does he do? Three touchdowns, 115 yards rushing. Uh, I, you know, moving forward, you know, the Niners are kind of like uh, it's like putting the shoe on the other foot for you guys. But oh yeah, dude. Hey, you're you're well ahead of schedule. Um, you just you just got to appreciate where you are. That in a rebuilding year, you're in the divisional round. You know, like that.
1: No. well well said. I, I agree I agree with everything you just said there. And and I was gonna bring that up that like for as much as Green Bay owns Dallas and we're the Cowboys' worst nightmare when it comes to seeing us on the schedule in the playoffs, it, it is very similar with the 49ers in Green Bay. Like they, they own us in the playoffs. We we have some some scars from these guys, and they're just probably the most talented, well-rounded roster in the NFL. Lamar Jackson's yeah. having the best season, and he's been the best player in the NFL this season. But the 49ers are the most well-rounded team. This the really good is- news is – uh, real quick, rush. but the good news is – is and again, my expectations, I think, will be for Green Bay to have a chance in the second half, and we'll just see which way the ball bounces. But if you beat the 49ers, though, isn't the expectation like, all right, well, go ahead and win this thing. You, like, if you can win in Dallas and blow them out, and you can win in San Francisco – You could go win in Detroit. You could go win in Philadelphia. You could win in Tampa Bay, which I doubt that would be the case. And then, hell, two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl. Who would ever be coming out of the AFC? Who knows? If Jordan Love keeps it up at this level, you're kind of taking on, like, we'll go slay Goliath mindset. And, again, if you lose, you're right, Roush. You can just look at it as, well, that was fun. You're ahead of schedule. I can't wait to see what next year brings. But if you beat the 49ers, it's going to go from, like, the plucky underdog, which you are, like well, if you can beat both those teams, you can beat anybody else in the field. I may the, dream big dreams, is what I'm saying. I may dream right. well, big dreams. And and you know
2: what? Ha, have a little hope. You watch your team perform well. But I do feel like this is the kind of like if the Niners don't win this year, you know. Like, but I mean they they've had, they've been very they've been knocking on that door forever. They, I feel like the the time is definitely now.
1: Let's knock on the door of the Morning Grab and Go texters on the Thordens text line. John, thanks for joining the post game show I did on on X, John on on Saturday. John here, good morning everyone. Wow, congrats TJ, the Pack win and really got a hold of the Cowboys. It sucks that the Cats lost, but we'll bounce back. The one bright spot is after win or loss is a cool show put on by TJ. Wow, look at that! Thank you. You can just let your feelings go and get your words out, or just chill and listen. We will got to go. Talk to you later. Yeah, I'm doing the Dash Clips post game show on X. Dash Clips nice enough to ask me to do it. I was like, sure. Why? Why the heck not? I'd love to do it on the on the Big X, but we've got so much local programming. It's kind of tough to fit in a post game show when you're running every local game, and which is awesome. That's why I love Big X Sports Radio. Uh, but thank you, John, for saying that. That was fun. We're going to talk about the U.K. basketball game probably yep. next segment. Another texter says. Uh, I was
2: just going to say it is kind of cool to like it, it, people are much uh, when you're doing a space, people are much more anxious to, to hop on and talk than to call in for whatever reason. Um, but it's the post game show of the hearing f- from
1: people. It's the post game show of the future. <laughs> that's what many people are, are, are saying no it's fun and I definitely want it to be like not me blabbering I, I do two hours every day five days a week and I'm going to give my thoughts on that but I want to kind of save like the nuts and bolts for the radio show so I do want it to be just people venting talking and we'll be doing it after every UK game the remainder of the season uh in Roush hopped on which I appreciated and uh scoots I know you've been on a, a Twitter space a time or two
0: yeah no uh, I, I, Shannon O'Bannon I was just gonna say I wanted to hop on on Saturday, uh, but I actually forgot it was going on, and I was at midway calling a game, so I don't know what time you started it. I don't. I don't even know if I could have hopped on, but yeah, I'll definitely yeah, I, join every time I can.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Shannon O'Bannon says, "Good morning, gentlemen. Got about ten inches of snow over the weekend, and it was negative twenty yesterday. Stay warm out there. Go Tampa Bay Bucks."
2: Uh. Well, that sounds
1: a- that sounds bad, Shannon O'Bannon.
2: <laughs> it does. It does. Stay safe out there, Shannon. When I saw um, AJ Brown was out, I immediately hopped on the Bucks and did a little money on
1: Sprinkle. Um start me- off with the weather in this country. It's like pretty much everywhere. It's just like cold, not good. You there see was- the videos of people trying to get to Kansas City, like that Dolphins fan trying to get to Kansas City. Did either one of you all see that? Mm mm. It was like an apocalypse video. I don't know if I saw it on TikTok or Twitter or where I saw it, but and like part of like the video is just like him acting really stressed out and screaming, but like it really was a stressful situation. I don't blame him for screaming. Like he'd be driving, just going on the highway, like probably 25 miles an hour, and every probably 15 seconds they'd be filming like another car just in the middle of the road or another car that had gotten stuck off the side of the road or just all it was i mean dozens and dozens and dozens of stranded motorists that just sounds like one of the worst nightmares that you could have being a stranded motorist in a terrible weather situation i mean specifically snow like you know your car battery's got so much time but like do you have blankets in your car are you warm enough how do where are you going to go what if you're miles from the nearest exit that sounds horrible uh but that being said stay safe everybody even in louisville again scoots said the highways are mostly okay as long as you take your time and drive safely but i bet there's some nasty back roads out there so so be safe i i can it seems like it's everywhere though like across the midwest uh there's in Portland, Maine—they're getting like terrible floods into the into downtown, like coming from the ocean. So I don't know. It seems like weather's really wild and out right now.
0: Fun fact: there was only one state yesterday in an, in the United States. Well, unless you count—don't count Hawaii. Don't count Hawaii.
1: Contiguous.
0: Okay. Correct. So there was only one state that didn't have some sort of weather alert or weather watch or warning, and that was Arizona. So shout out Arizona.
1: You never know in Hawaii. They could have wind advisories and stuff like sure, that. You, yeah. you never My know. Child. But, there, I mean, it's like getting snow. Like, there's parts of Louisiana, Roush, that could be getting snow right now. Mississippi's getting snowstorms. Memphis, uh, northern Alabama. South well, Georgia Wildcats probably okay. South Georgia looks all right.
2: The – it was snowing in Dallas when people left the stadium and another very funny video was uh old and some Hank Walkwood at Barcelona Sports. That, that was a video I've watched a few times as well. Very, very funny stuff.
1: Shannon O'Bannon says, Scooch, the call show is staticky, just a heads up. More when TJ talks, LOL. Uh, yeah. I, yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> have to um, develop this. I, I, did you see that everybody had B-Love on the back of their helmets? I like that they're supporting the young quarterback. I I know, Jordan Love, he's like, okay, I will. I will do just that.
1: Um, The NFL doesn't have to have little slogans everywhere on the field. Like, they don't have to be the motivational dad to the eight-year-old.
2: Maybe just have helmets that work and don't break when your quarterback scrambles.
1: Oh, my gosh. Did you see the video of – if? The uh, I'll I'll bring it in now. I'll bring it up later. I'll bring it up later. Uh, yeah, that was the the scenes from Kansas City look just nightmarish. Well, Do you think it looks worse in Buffalo today?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Because there's just going to be more snow on the ground. I don't think it's going to be as bitterly cold. And the other part of it too is you can't really. Uh, you're not, I don't think you can really notice the difference visually on TV, but just being outside yesterday and walking, like there's a dollar general, a couple doors down. I just walked to go get something and to feel my nose, just like going numb in a two minute walk. I mean, you're just like, ah, Oh, so this is, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how they did it. <laughs> I really don't know how they did it. Cause man, I mean, helmets were breaking. It was that, it was that grittily cold out.
1: All the scoots, all the pictures and videos of people's beers just being frozen. You couldn't drink it. People, it was like beer slushy. People were having to like take bites out of their beers to be able to, to consume them. Fourth <laughs> coldest game in NFL history, I think.
0: And there were half the players on the field not wearing sleeves. I, it's unbelievable. Like how, how?
1: Yeah. I mean, because well, sco- you got
2: to think about it. Um, they got jackets on the sideline, and it's like they got all the heaters. So they take the jackets off once they go into the game. They got you know, so it's not, and they're moving around. So really, they're only it's just a couple minutes at a time that they got to tolerate.
0: It. Yeah, but I mean, I I walked out of work yesterday. It was I guess like 15 degrees, and it took my breath away. I was like, how how can we be out playing football in 35 degrees less than this? Oh, and not wearing sleeves. Just that seems take ignorant.
1: Scooch breath away. <laughs> Uh Texer says LMAO, it's miserable. Oh, that's just Shannon and, and Shannon Obama and Scoots are just having a full long conversation on the Thornton's text line. My bad. I don't mean to read your old personal replies <laughs> to one another. Let's take our first break. We'll come back. Not the Saturday we were looking for. No, no. ifs, ands, or buts about no. it. There's a lot of takes to be had about it. We'll talk about it. We'll need to talk about whatever the heck's going on with UK football because it definitely seems like something is going on. And we'll get to the Thornton's text line as well. It's going to be a jam-packed Monday, KRC. Don't go anywhere. Roll call
0: continues.
2: Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call.
1: Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call, here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalin on your chilly, cold Monday morning. Winter is here. The, the mild winters we had of years past, they're gone and dead. And now it's nothing but just the super duper cold. And that's, that's okay. We'll get through it. As Andy Bashir says, we'll get through it together. State of emergency in Kentucky funny that guy calling a state of emergency he, he loves calling state of emergencies only kidding this one is absolutely valid it's pretty nasty outside. is it so be safe like across the state yeah, yeah. And you gotta, like you there, i mean there's a if lot of outside. That don't get treated and and there's yeah there's people that don't have home scoots like you know we need to those people can't be outside uh, we got to make sure if you're outside you're just not going to make it which is the sad reality so that's how cold, like they're dangerous. It's dangerous weather. is absolutely right to be calling a state of emergency. It's horrible.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess because I thought of the, of the cold, I was thinking more from a snow side of things. I was like, ah, I mean, what the lower part of the state got, what, maybe three, four inches, but well, the cold, yeah. you, it is cold. If you, if
2: you, you lose, uh, if you lose any electricity too, like mm-hmm. your, are toast. Yeah. So, um, be safe.
1: Call on your neighbor if
2: you need them. hmm And uh, maybe stop by Salsaritas. You can warm up there. They got plenty of hot and spicy salsa that'll that'll warm up your day, get you going in the right direction. I know a lot of folks are off of work today uh, for the holiday MLK Day. So celebrate with Salsaritas. Get some wildly addictive chips. They're great. They got two locations. And uh, as Scoots told you last week, if you got that app, they're going to reward you with free chips, free salsa, free tacos, all sorts of. Give backs. Just download that app before you go to either one of their two convenient locations, Middletown. You don't even have to get out of your car. Just go through the drive-through. It's easy peasy lemon squeezy. Whenever you stop by, Salsaritas today. Unfortunately, it wasn't easy peasy for the cats uh, at Texas A and M. Um, it's it's almost like we saw this coming, TJ, before the game when people were talking about. Well, actually, Kentucky. Opponents don't shoot out of their mind against Kentucky. And then AM went bananas from behind the three point line. They had scored 55 points in their each of their first two SEC games, I believe. And, or they were averaging 55 points uh, for the season, I might say. Um, and then they had, what, 40 at halftime? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, of of course, A&M went off. But similar to Florida, TJ, I was, I remained pretty confident. I was like, that, that's their best swing at it Kentucky's gonna stay hot they're gonna they're gonna find a way here the cats got up hot they went up by five or seven around the 13 minute mark and I was like okay here's where Kentucky put their foot on the gas they turned this into a buffer zone game and they they come away with a win but instead uh, Am left the door open and Kentucky just never took advantage of it um, before it went down to the wire there and uh, cats ultimately lost in overtime
1: a wild college basketball game, a, a fun college basketball game, one you just want to be on the other side of, of the score on, and then you can take a lot of valuable lessons away from from the win instead of the loss. But there are a lot of valuable lessons here. I, yeah, the, I, I picked a and to win. Uh, obviously, they, they were favorites going into the game uh, as it turned out, but I, I thought that this was a possibility. Kentucky was due for – a game with some questionable officiating that you can always count a a few of those on the season, rely on a few of those each season for UK Uh, teams have just been shooting out of their minds against UK partially. That's because Kentucky's not a great defensive team at this moment. And Mm -hmm. part of it is just because when it's your super bowl and you get to play Kentucky, you're going to go all out. And a lot of people are able to answer the call, unfortunately, at least against this defensive team. But there was times throughout the games, Roush. Yeah. Where I was like, all right, You know, A&M's playing out of their mind and Kentucky's right there. UK should win this game. When they were up 65 to 58, there was a time where it was, all right, you know what? UK should win this game. They force a bad shot from A&M, may have the ball with a chance to go up 10 potentially. Nope, A&M gets the offensive rebound. They make two passes. UK's out of, you know, discombobulated because that can happen on offensive rebounds. And A&M gets a wide open three. Boom, 65-61 instead of you potentially having a chance to go 68-58. Mm-hmm. And then it was 65-61 for, for how
2: yeah good those long.
1: offenses were. They got stuck on 65-61 for a good bit. A&M missed like four to six free throws in a row, and you mm-hmm. were just thinking, all right, just hit a three. Like they're, they're kind of going through a rough stretch here. Let's make them pay for it. And unfortunately, Kentucky couldn't do anything on the other end. That led to a 14-6 A&M run. And I won't say the rest was history because Kentucky had plenty of chances after that. The rest was not history. There's a lot more to discuss about that game. But that kind of felt like, eh, that was your chance. Well, that was your moment to really take it and run with it instead of knowing that it could come down to some late shenanigans.
2: You, you were correct. That, that They were stuck on that score for almost an entire media timeout. Um, that happened like at the 12-minute mark. It wasn't another bucket until 9.20 on the clock. And another thing that's noteworthy is right before that, Reeves hit a layup with 1243 on the clock. He had 22 points, did not make another shot after that. I don't – that 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 was weird. Like, I I don't want to make some sort of, like, sweeping take about Antonio. But, like, he was playing really well, and then he just uh, wasn't there down the stretch. And I don't know if some of it was not playing him because of defense.
1: Um but you, ha- The thing about lineups, Roush, is between Dillingham, Wagner, Reeves, and Shepard, one's going to have to be on the bench. Well, I, I'm more so putting the onus, like, Reeves, go score. Like, we, <laughs>
2: we needed you. Uh, yeah, I agree yeah. with you.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I think if I, I think you're maybe alluding to, like, did pressure get to him or something along those lines. Something got to him because how great has he been at that little floater shot all season? That's something he's added to his arsenal. He's just been better around the rim and in the paint altogether. He's really taken strides there. I don't remember the exact moment in the game now because I've talked a lot about it, and now it's been a few days. But he, it was an important situation late in the game or maybe even overtime where he makes a move. He's wide open in the paint. There's nobody even near him, and instead he just tries to – go a little bit further and, and, and gets a little bit greedy and tries to get an easy layup and ends up getting blocked and UK doesn't get any points from it, where it's just like, Reeves, you know that that's your money shot right there from three, four feet, that mm-hmm. little floater. He didn't take it. And I do think not so much with Reeves, but I, I, I've, I've grown on this take. It was a bad Trey Mitchell game. If you get a better, so bad. I mean, if you just get like a below average Trey Mitchell game, you probably win somewhat. I mean, and if you get a good Trey Mitchell game, then you win easily. But I think for Trey Mitchell, and I and I'll I'll make excuses for this dude because I love Trey Mitchell. He is one of Kentucky's most important players, and I think you kind of saw what can happen when he doesn't have a good game. I think he's missing a do. I think he's getting tired, Roush. He's an old man. Mm -hmm. He's played a lot of college basketball. He's having to play a ton of minutes this season and I think a do being out is really starting to impact him I think both physically he's you're seeing him kind of miss some shots badly I think that's cuz of tired legs and then yep. mentally you know he had a couple of just silly mistakes that we haven't seen him do all season so
2: like the he, pass down court yeah, that was like, horrible what? yeah I don't know what he was doing there but 3 of 13 missed a free throw like you that, that Yep. Uh, the free throws, just period, too. Like, Reed Shepard missing free throws. Um, I know he hit the ones that mattered at the end that sent it into overtime, but Kentucky shot 61% from the line. Like, make a couple more free throws, you win that game in regulation. I mean...
1: And then, the, uh, of course, the idiotic goaltending call. Well, I, I just... I don't...
2: First off, when did they... they you, you used to not be able to review goaltending, period. I don't know when that changed at all because they reviewed the one... And it was the right call that A&M committed offensive goaltending, but you used to not be able to review it, period.
1: Man, I thought for sure they were going to reverse that on A&M when they were reviewing it. The, uh, the, a buddy I was hanging out with, he was like, I think that's not goaltending. I was like, how would it not be? It's like the, the ball is Hold on the, the rim. rim. You yeah. just uh, And now if they want to change that rule and go like European, then I think that's a conversation to be had. But regardless, I was worried they were going to do that. Yeah, that's horrible. I didn't know that they could do that. Mm-hmm. The, I think the commentators mentioned it briefly. They were like, now they'll, they'll review that at the next time out. And I was thinking to myself, like they'll, they'll maybe take away two points. And, and what will they give UK the ball back when they do that? What will, yeah. will they go back in time and replay that situation? It didn't make sense when the commentator said it, but I guess that is a rule, but it's a very, very bad rule that that is taking the play out of the players. That, that's horrible. And it's, it's different if it's a,
2: Three, like if you're checking to see if his foot was on the line and you just take a point off the board because they're still getting two there. But also, they stop the game all the time to check if it's a three or a two, and then they take a point off the board. I know that college basketball has too much stoppages, but if you thought that that might be the case,
1: just stop the game real quick right then and there. I don't... don't... And taking away two points from UK, and I think they would have scored if they just let that play go on uh, or if they had stopped and, and let UK throw the ball in from out of bounds, maybe UK would have gotten three points potentially. But when a game goes overtime and the officials take two points away from you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it makes you think, Roush. It yeah. makes you wonder, hmm, could have really used those two points. Now, the whole formula of the game could have been different, of course, but it, it, that goes without saying. I'll say it anyways. That hurt. That was yep. bad. And I, and I felt like – I'm not saying the officials cost UK the game because UK had a, a ton of chances, but it did feel like they were calling two different games on two different ends. a could get – they could go attack the interior all they wanted, and it seemed like, one, either they'd get an easy layup, partially because UK's defense was pretty bad, or two, they'd get a foul call and get to go to the line. UK would go into the interior, and it just almost seemed like murder ball. And A&M oh, was allowed to get away with their physical style play, which it is how they operate – but it just felt it just felt like two different styles of play yeah. was being called, and that's home court advantage from time to time.
2: There was one segment in particular where it was right before a TV timeout where you thought they could have called five fouls on on both teams too. Like that—that's the part where like I just have to, and I didn't get too worked up over it. But it's like, man, college basketball refs are just—they're just so bad. Um, and you know, what, Kentucky was on the receiving end of some fortunate calls too, because I don't know how often they're going to call the kickout three. Offensive foul, because um, there was very little contact there. Same thing with the the three at the other end for Reed, where he got fouled on the three. Like, that, there was very little contact there. But the refs, they stunk. They weren't good. Yeah. Um, what, one other thing, speaking of not good, that we have to mention that I'm a little worried about, um, when you talk about really needing a do, I mean, Bradshaw just got put in a blender by their physicality. Like, it was not even – he was just non-existent, and – the worst part was is Cal needed to put him back in the game in the second half because Hugo was just gas. But he had no, like, dude, you are seven foot four. Stop bending your arms over to block shots for six foot four guys. Like, just stop it. They call the foul every time. Just put your arms straight up. It's going to be a foul every time. You have three fouls. That that's that's a pet peeve of mine. It's just because it's a very little thing you do. But I, I'm, I'm a little worried that not to say the jury's going to be out for him, but he initially handled physicality well inside. But that's back-to-back road games in the SEC where they've just took taken him out of the game for a half because they've just gone right at him and he's kind of just crumpled up, right? Like, they, they got to have, you go, play, like, that doesn't take away from the what you go, like, you go played well, but, like, you have, you have to give more than whatever Bradshaw gave on Saturday. You just do.
1: Yeah, so first off, I'm going to get to that. That's a, a lot of good points there. We we know that UK is going to have a front court injury, right? Like, because I was thinking on Saturday, how great would it be if Big Z could go get some minutes? Like, of, co- of course, all the talking points is, yeah, you know, we want him eligible. It doesn't seem right what the NCAA is doing, but is he really going to matter? Is it really going to be that big of a deal if he's eligible or not? And then Roush on Saturday, like, I'm screaming internally to myself, UK could use Big Z right now. Like, they just need another body. Ugo is gas, and Bradshaw's in foul trouble, and Bradshaw's not really with it today. I feel like it's a Blair Witch Project with Roush's computer screen right now following along <laughs> with it. He's moving around. No, I've moved around myself. It's so a Monday morning, everybody. You know, yeah. But, like, a cor- it seems like anytime something can happen with UK basketball, it will happen. So I'm thinking to myself on Saturday, like, man, they could really just use a few minutes from Big Z out there. So of course it's going to end up where like, he's going to end up being a much more important piece to this picture one way or another. Cause that's just how this story goes with John Calipari's UK basketball program. It's like, what can happen? What the worst things that can happen seemingly will happen. I'm more willing to give Bradshaw a little bit of a pass on Saturday Roush. That was his second true road game. Again, I'm not going to count the U of L game and he, was was he giving the officials reasons to call fouls? Yes. Could they have called similar fouls in pretty much every situation of that basketball game? Also, yes. He just couldn't get any rhythm whatsoever. I think Cal made a mistake taking him out after the third foul. Like yeah, at that point. Right away.
2: Yeah, you need to let him play a little
1: bit. You've got to just let him get some rhythm. And you know what? If he instantly picks up a fourth foul then, okay, well then take him out and save him for break in case of emergency. Or potentially just leave him in with four fouls and say, like, you know what, dude? If you foul out, you foul out. But this is your chance to stay on the court. But I I really did not like the decision to bring him out after a third foul. Basically, what you're telling him at that point is, like, just so you, this is so stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. You need to be thinking the entire time that if you get a foul, your ass is getting back on the bench. I hate that for a player, for an Mm 18-year-old. That's tough for an 18 – like, that's a tough situation for an 18, 19-year-old to be in to think that like, okay, not only do I not need to foul because it's hurting the team, not only am I having a terrible game as is, not only have I only played three minutes so far, but if I get another foul, I'm going right back to the spot that I'm in. Oh boy, I better, and it didn't, you know, I think he was in his own head. So I'm willing to give him a little bit more of a pass, but it's hard to argue that he's not moving in the wrong direction. He was so good to start, and now that things are getting a little bit more physical, Roush, it's, I'm I'm worried. There is a regression going well, on. The,
2: the good news is, though, is uh, there aren't too many. I mean, aside from like Tennessee, there's not a cup. There's not a ton of teams built like Texas A&M inside that will play as physical. But if you would have told me before the game that Coleman would have only had four points and two boards, I would have thought Kentucky was going to win that Same. basketball game.
1: Same. So, I would have been shocked by it. But then again, their guards have career days. We'll talk more about it. We do need to head to our hour one break. Yeah, we got to talk
2: football, man. Uh, Who? Eh. Yeah. We'll again,
1: problem. UK doesn't play till Wednesday, so we can get more basketball discussion tomorrow and until Wednesday and whatnot. So we'll, we'll keep the basketball conversation going. But when we return, what is going on in the UK football program? Kentucky Roll Call returns after this. And I will wait, I will.
2: Over? You say over? I ain't heard no badly! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call.
0: Nothing is over until we decide it
1: is! With Walker and Rosh. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Roll Big X Sports Roll. Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, DJ Walker. Justin Kalen, Mick Roush, Monday morning, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, January 15th, 2024. Keep the text rolling in. 502-414-1450. Shady Rays, a company that started right here in Kentucky, the best polarized sunglasses in the world. And Scooch, good time to get those snow goggles from ShadyRays.com.
0: Well, yeah, not only snow goggles. If you're hitting the slopes, you can get those. But you know when the sun's the brightest? When there's snow on the ground, so you definitely will want to have your Shady Rays today. I'm not sure if we're going to get any sunshine today, but just in case, put them in your car in case that sun does come out. Because the when it reflects off the snow, man, it can get pretty brutal in the winter time. So yeah, go to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code Big X to get forty percent off your purchase.
1: That's a that's a lot of percentages off. That is,
0: yeah, confirmed.
1: We love Shady Rays. You will as well. Check them out. Don't forget to use the Big X promo code. Roush, you just want to lay kind of the the, the quick 30-second groundwork of, of where we're at with UK football for people that may just be totally out of the loop with anything going on. Just a little background information of what's up.
2: Yeah, quick 30.
1: Um, well, I mean, just like the fact that, like, hey, Liam yeah. Cohen is a, a candidate and this is kind of where we're at.
2: Yeah, so Liam Cohen, um, the news came out Friday.
1: It It all started in 1973. Mama and Papa Cohen. Um, But I I
2: believe it was was Friday afternoon that we learned from an NFL reporter that Liam Cohen is interviewing with the Chicago Bears. Uh, He's one of a couple people interviewing for the job. And then, which, you know, I, I think a lot of Kentucky fans, you hear that and you're like, I mean, that's not great, but this is probably something we're just going to be dealing with. That's at least my initial reaction to that. Um, and, you know, obviously get him more of it. And then yesterday we learned that he's also a candidate for the Ohio State uh, job. I didn't realize this, but Ryan Day, as part of his save my ass um, because I can't be Michigan plan, is to give up play calling duties. He's been the play caller since Urban Meyer was there. He's going to hand it over to a full-time offensive coordinator, and Cohen is one of a couple uh, names that are in the mix there, along with Jason Candle, the Toledo head coach, and um, I guess Mystery NFL guys. Um, but that, the second one is what really irked people, because it it, it looks like you're looking for a way out. and The big hang-up is that when we were doing this song and dance a year ago, and I you know, it was it was about this time last year that Cohen had his reintroductory press conference, and Stoops led things off, and then Cohen came in, and pretty much the first thing Stoops said was he's received some assurances that we're not doing this whole one year song and dance. The the idea was to groom somebody behind him to take over the play calling reins. Well, Scott Woodward got fired, so that's not going to happen. But that was that was the the plan, the bill of goods that we were sold. Cohen wanted to put roots down. He's paid almost two million bucks a year to do it, um, and now, and hell, even the buyouts a, a lot more pricey um, for these first two years than it is for year three. So now it's like, oh, so were you putting roots in or now you're looking elsewhere? And I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes from Kentucky fans, particularly after dealing with the Stoops A&M stuff. And I think the big, the biggest picture question is, TJ, is like, why does it feel like everybody's trying to get out of here right now? That's where I think Kentucky fans are, where their frustrations are. Um, and especially just the worry that if Cohen does get one of these jobs, they're, they're up Upper Creek without a paddle again because this is a terrible time to be looking for a play caller, uh, a, a quality play caller. Um, you, you thought the roster was in the right place, and then if this happens, you're just well. Well, now what? Now what? So um, they're they're in a weird spot right now. There's no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's not really fun. It hasn't been the most fun for UK football, and we uh, have appreciated everything Mark Stoops has done. I think that we make anybody that's listening to this radio show for any extended period of time, I think would know that. But some of this stuff just gets really old fast, Roush.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I made the point on our board too that, you know, off-season moves happen. Coaches interview for other jobs frequently. This, this, this stuff, happen. it's happened before. It's going to happen again. The, 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 the offensive coordinator, though, being like, you can't turn into Auburn. Auburn's having seven different play callers in seven different seasons. If Cohen leaves, that'll be, I know he'd have two different stints, but that would be the fifth straight year where you got a new offense being installed in spring practice. Like, that's just, you can't, you can't expect good things to happen on your offense if that, if that keeps happening.
1: I was yeah I was wondering if it was going to be five out of five years or six out of six years and and regardless of Cohen's making up two of those different stints, it's still different for those players. It was new for Levis and those guys the first year he came around. It was new for some of these guys this past season, and it's one thing, Roush. If you're like ten and two, it's like okay, you know you're just going to get rated. Your staff's going to get rated by other schools. That that's understandable. Kentucky's going seven and five. You know, it's not like they're <laughs> right. They've had back to back like dream seasons. It, it's it seems like we're maybe taking a step in the wrong direction, and then you find out that your head coach nearly leaves after like one of two highlight moments on the entire season. And then, if not for like a Lane Kiff – or a, a Greg Schiano, excuse me, like Koo, he probably is the A and M coach. And I can't help but think, Roush, that probably would have just been best for UK football had Mark Stoops taken that job.
2: I mean, I kind of. I kind of asked that question after it happened. Like, is there gonna be a better out? Is there gonna be a better time for a reset? Um, but we're here. You I mean, we got a summer
1: all, you know, you 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 get a shot in the arm with the program, some fresh blood, somebody that maybe is a little bit hungrier than stoops. And I, and I think that was the big question we said when all right, hey, you know what? We're not mad that he's coming back. Nobody's mad that he's coming back. I'm happy to have him back if he's fully committed. But that's the question is like how committed is he? How hungry is he? And when your offensive coordinator's flirting with pretty much any other job that he can take, that's that's not a step in the right direction. I love the Dean Hood hire. That was you know, that's nice to get more adults back in the room within the football program. But the stuff with the offensive coordinator Roush is it can't be understated. And if Cohen leaves, like sound the alarms. That is terrible news for UK, unless they can pull a rabbit out of their hat with who they replace him with. But Mark Stoops has an offensive coordinator stink to him. Offensive coordinators probably don't want to come work for this dude. And it probably gets to a point, Roush, where offensive coordinators may talk to one another. And it seems like it's it's out there from a few different people. people that, and it's obviously Cohen or Cohen's people talking to people. Cohen's not happy. Something was lost in translation between how much control Cohen thought he was going to have versus how much control he actually had. And that is a Mark Stoops issue. Dude, you are not a good offensive coach, Mark Stoops. You're just not. And anytime we feel like your fingerprints are on something offensively, we don't like what we see. But when things look a little bit of a different style, and UK's kind of whipping it around and playing fast, fans like it, and you seemingly don't. Get away from the offense. Enough is enough. And if that means that you need to like go – beg Cohen to stay and tell him, I promise you the offense is yours. I'm going to stay completely away from it. Then that's what you need to do. No chance in France. He'd ever do that Roush, but are you the other thing though? You think that's an actual issue that like, if if it is, then
2: Cohen needs to remember who his boss is. Like uh, the, the other part of this equation that's being talked about on the street is that he doesn't like the personnel. There's personnel issues and there's discipline problems. I mean, that's like the hot dog guy suit, right? Like, those guys that are there, you recruited them two years ago. You know, you're the guy who's bringing them there. You're the one who's force-feeding Barry on Brown on goal balls, right? Like, I don't if, – if that's a problem, I don't know what to say. And then if you think discipline's a problem – Dude, you were here two
1: years ago. You know how Mark Stoops runs his program. Like, what do you, uh, what do you expect? Well, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I buy. Like, again, you're more connected than I am. You're here, Dis, Like, Liam Cohen thinks that the program's too undisciplined. Like that. That's nonsense. I'm not buying that. That's <laughs> like, right. act, like I'm not buying but, that. That's an actual reason he may want out. That that sounds like a six year old well, being like, the class is too rowdy for me. I I, I I'm not comfortable here. Yeah, well, right. Like it, that That's not a reason, but I could buy the reason that, like, hey, my boss, when I came back, told me that I was going to work these hours and get this pay, and I'm working these hours, and I'm getting this pay instead. That would tick me off. If Mark Stoops yes. said he was going to have total control of the offense and he doesn't, that would make me upset.
2: Well, no, so, so here's where those two merge. It's having control over disciplining players. and Okay. Like, okay. Now, that, that, that's where they would merge. But, like, I still think that some of this – I, right now it feels like we're playing a game of thrones and I'm just, I, I, Liam Cohen might be a little finger, you know, like I, I, I mean, like I, I don't, it, it feels like there's a lot of excuses and a lot of, because whose problem was it that the offense, who were we told that the, the offense's problem was this year? Quarterback. It was Devin Leary. couldn't, didn't know the offense. Like, like, I, I don't know. I just, all of this stuff, it just there, there feels like a lot of finger pointing. It's not you, it's me. Now maybe I'm just like th- this could be also me projecting that yesterday when I woke up, I didn't expect to be dealing with this fire, right? Um, but like if I'm just trying to put all the like I I just I this feels like unnecessary drama, and I don't know what Cohen's endgame unless it is a legitimate out, and the reason why it it would be foolish. Because I I don't think he's gonna get either one of these jobs. Like I just I don't I don't think he'd pick him, and even if or they they would pick him because Shane Waldron was the the guy who was Cohen's boss at L A. and he was awesome at Seattle. If the Bears can get him, they've already interviewed him. They're getting him. He's he's proven it. Right. He's been he he's just a much better coach at this point in his. You wouldn't
1: take Cohen over him, no. Them their resumes. And you wouldn't yeah. take
2: the dude. You would take the dude from the Niners over him too, Clint uh, Kubniak or something like that. You'd probably take him too. So he's probably third or fourth on their list. Um, the thing with Ohio State, you like, I, I, maybe that happens there. But also, like, both of those coaches are on the hot seat. So I, I don't know. Like, I, this just this this is it's hard to make sense out of all of this here, and it it feels like if Cohen like you wouldn't we didn't blame him for bouncing the first time, right? Because A, they kicked ass his one year here. Um, you which you kind of alluded to. This year they were bad. And last time he had like the most no doy job waiting on him. That's not there. Whereas like you kind of feel like that this has a last ride sort of veer teed up to it, right? With as far as the skill talent, um the way that things are teed up, it's all transfer Porter offensive linemen. Like this very much has a everything They've pushed all their chips into this year behind it. You don't know what's going to happen, right? Like I, I the, there's a lot of uncertainty after this year, but they're, they've gone all in, uh, offense, defense, Dion Walker, Jamin Dumas, Johnson, uh, the day, dang key, Barry on Browns, Michael, bro. Like all of these guys could be gone after next year. So, uh, that's the part where, like, you know, it, it it felt like everything was teed up for this year, and so if Cohen leaves, I don't, I don't, I don't know what. I, I thought it would make sense for him to stay and position him better for a better job after this, because he could be a college head coach um, after a quality season next year, instead of jumping. Like, really, his bet, like the best bet he has, is if somehow they met, the Bears miss and he gets Coach Caleb Williams for two years or something like that. But it's the Bears' offensive coordinator. You think that job's got stability around it? Like, come on. So uh, a lot of this, TJ, I understand the frustrations because there's not a lot of things that really make sense here. And And if it doesn't work out for Kentucky, then they're kind of screwed because everything, it really does feel like it's teed up for this year.
1: I, I hear you. I, I appreciate you kind of explaining it out there. It feels like Rome is burning a little bit. I don't know if you could call Mark Stoops what he built at UK, maybe Rome, maybe more. What, what are some old ancient cities?
2: Um, the sacking of
1: Carthage? Yeah, it feels like more of the sacking of Carthage, potentially.
2: They, they they salted the the ground so you couldn't grow crops there for a thousand years.
1: Maybe the Peloponnesian Wars would be more accurate because this kind of seems some in-house fighting going on. Uh, yeah,
2: and, I, I don't know. I don't know what. You,
1: I, I do think you
2: deserve
1: like Mark. Troops is definitely not
2: blameless in all of this. There's no doubt about it because, um, like, the it's been fine because they've kind of keep, kept it all together. And I've alluded to it before that Vince Merrill does a good job of keeping it all together, even though sometimes it's like the, the, the coyotes are running the hen house. Right. But they've, they've kept it together for the most part um, throughout all of this. Um, but things are starting to boil over. So Mark Stoops isn't blameless, but I also think like there was a lot of people trying to be like, as soon as he went for that A&M job, it's like, dude, if cohen decided he wanted to leave after stoop's interviewed for a and m these coaches know how this business works cohen moved like once a year for like 8 years like that, this isn't they aren't all of a sudden just be like oh my gosh my boss might leave i need to i i, I don't think that a and m job is the epicenter of all of these problems i think it's just one of the many many red flags that continues to pop up around this program
1: now people have to look out for their best interests. That's a, we would we would all do it. Anybody listening to the show would do it. We wouldn't expect anything different from from Mark Stoops, Liam Cohen, and those folks. But yeah, I, I don't bl- like if the bear. It seems like Justin Rowland suggests that like Liam Cohen kind of wants to be NFL. If he had to pick between the two, it'd be NFL. But it's just you know he's going to kind of follow the money to a certain degree. And Kentucky offered him a, a good chunk of change to come on back, and he's he likes what he's doing here. But he's obviously going to keep his eye out for other opportunities, nobody can really fault them for that. And especially not Cohen because your head coach just did it a month and a half ago. He did the exact same thing and nearly even took the job. So I'm not blaming Cohen for potentially looking around, but I'm blaming everybody involved for it going into Monday morning and us not having some conclusion here. Like we need Cohen announcing that he's coming back or we need him announcing that he's leaving it really feels like Kentucky's in limbo. And, Roush, it's my biggest thing with this is not people looking out for themselves. I understand that that's going to happen. It's that Cohen handpicked UK's quarterback for this season. Yeah. If he's not the coach here, that is incredibly unfair to the next OC. It's not good for Brock. And secondly, you could see a bunch of people leave if Cohen leaves. That's not impossible. Brock could do it
2: immediately, but they would do it after spring practice. Yeah. And,
1: and Brock, he specifically it may have been his dad. Specifically said, like, yeah, Cohen's offense is why we picked Kentucky. That's yep. why we wanted to be there. And I'm sure Nil played a factor in it. I'm sure that Nil money. Hopefully, did they sign any contracts? Is the ink still dry on those contracts? But or wet, I should say. Has it dried? I should say. I that that's my biggest concern is that you're going to get a guy maybe leaving who just kind of handpicked what he wants his offense to look like for this upcoming season. And that doesn't mean that next guy is going to, that's going to fit his style or his system or be guys that he meshes with. And we know how important quarterback play is. Roush, Devin Leary was okay. Guess what Kentucky football was this season. Okay. You're going to kind of follow what your quarterback does. We need Brock to be really good. If he's really good, I bet the rest of the team is probably going to be really good. So, and I, I want to throw this out there because I don't I, I don't think that this – I don't think this is the case, but I also think it's worth mentioning. Did Liam – does he feel like Brock really isn't it? Did – you know, I liked his tape. It was limited tape. I like his measurables. I liked what the other people I talked to and what they had to say about him. But, man, once I actually got to see him throw and, and go through workouts, ew, maybe I made a mistake here. Maybe I want out. I don't think that's the case. But, like, that also worries me a little bit. You should be excited about this offense for this upcoming season. And instead, you're seemingly looking for any way out possible.
2: Yeah. And that's probably, you know, that's probably not it. But, like, also, we don't know. We're, it is, this is just very bizarre. Like, we, it's clear we did not see this coming. And, the thing I do worry, though, TJ, is that it is going to draw out because NFL processes—they take a while. They're very formal about them. Um, it, it's not—it's not like uh, college football where things are just <laughs> and then wham, bam, slam. Thank you, ma'am. Um, but yeah, so I—I don't—I don't know how long we're going to have to wait through all of this, and I also don't know, like.
1: Every second we wait is a second too long and like an inappropriate amount of time.
2: Right. I mean because like, you know, what you- Because if it, if it if you get the wrong answer, you need to know as soon as possible. Because yes. the the list of candidates out there isn't very long, isn't very like, hey, this guy would the the Venn diagram of this guy would probably be good and this guy would probably come to Kentucky. It's very small. So, um yeah, this is this is tough.
0: The timing of this whole thing feels weird, right? I I just I don't remember middle of January in years past having discussions like this,
2: and that's why Kentucky would be screwed um, if they if it happened for the second time um, in his or yeah second time did, in three
1: years. When did he leave to go to the Rams in 2022? February. Yeah, like this timing sucks. And on the flip side, we also remember, even though it was like locked up Roush, UK had to wait till the Rams season was over for like official confirmation. Kentucky has bent over backwards for this dude. The least he can do, and we're going to be understanding of looking at other options and everybody wants to follow the money. I understand all that. But Kentucky has been more than accommodating for Liam Cohen. The least he can do is get us out of limbo. And you may say well tj how do you know like what if you maybe he interviewed for these jobs and already told snoops that like it's not going to happen and he'll be at uk then announce it you have people that are much more in the know talking about how delicate this situation is it's real this is real and if he were to leave it's going to be it's going to be bad okay
2: yeah yeah
1: so hopefully
2: we get some clarity soon um uh oh, it's just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's got to be today. The, the we got to hear something of, today. of dread, though, is, uh is overwhelming right now. Like, cause it's like, what, 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 what surprising disaster is going to befall
1: Kentucky next month? <laughs> and here's yeah. the deal. Like, there's only one option if, in my opinion, if Cohen does leave. If Cohen leaves, I think you're just kind of, I think. The odds are the Vegas odds would suggest that you are screwed. Um, that would be, I think, the heavy favorite in Vegas. But the only other option is you you go get some more ham money from Kelly Craft and you say, like, we have to make a significant investment in offensive coordinator to get to sell more tickets, to get people excited about this upcoming season, and just to show that we're taking this seriously. And I would love also for Stoops to come out and say like I'm going to be hands off,
2: I, because I that's mean, been says that about, every time though. Like I mean, I I don't I don't know how much that makes a difference. Is, do you know he's like
1: come out and just totally said though like it's not my offense. I'm no, seven no, he, he
2: does that. He 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 goes on long diatribes. He's like, guys, I don't have time to go into offensive meeting rooms and tell them what to do. Like I'm I'm too. I can't. I mean, pulled it. Yeah, but I just want Roush the. I, I, I,
1: then I want it again. And I want it short and sweet that I am not touching the offense. That this new coordinator that we're going to be bringing in and paying a ton of money to, it is their offense. You won't even see me on that side of the facility. And of course, yeah, Roush, maybe it's BS because you're right. I, I'm sure we, he's that's supposedly what he told Cohen. And Cohen's kind of upset that it hasn't been that way. But. I'd also look at Will Stein. I don't know if he'd leave Oregon; probably wouldn't. But it would be a significant pay raise if they're paying him what they pay Cohen, and he'd be an hour away from home. But he's also in line to be a head coach soon, too. Roush, and he may not want to mess up what is a pretty good thing at Oregon right now. Right. right. Um, but that being said, like you got it, you're going to need to go pay somebody big and make somebody. If Cohen leaves, you can't just like promote Eddie Graham. I love Eddie Graham, but you can't you you can't just try to like. Say it's okay, we're going to do this and everything's going to be fine. You're going to need to make a splash if he were to leave. So there's two options Cohen comes back and that needs to be stated ASAP, or he leaves and you wow everybody with who you hire. And it's got to be one of those two things. Got to be one of those two things.
2: Would you be wowed by Joe Moorhead? No. Right. But he's probably the best hire they could get. Like, I, I, I think he would be the best person for the job, but nobody's gonna be wowed by him. Um, we were wowed by Rich Kingarrell too, and it didn't work out. But yeah, I,
1: I don't know. I, uh, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be wowed by Joe Joe Moorhead, but that that would be as like no, nothing, boringer than that. Like that. Yeah. That's like oh, he yes, he sucked at
2: Akron, but he was a uh, like w- w- we would sell it as. He's coached in the s e c and he's at his best being offensive coordinator for a Power 5 program. Um, yeah, his offenses at Oregon were good, his offenses at Penn State were good, but he's kind of sucked as a head coach,
1: correct. So I wouldn't I would want think. anything like anything more vanilla than that, and yeah. I, I i you know I think you can make a case that hey, we're it's really not all that different from Liam Cohen switching to Joe Moorhead what yeah. maybe well, especially because of
2: the quarterback run stuff like dude that that, that would work well with vandergriff like i would i would feel confident in him operating offense with Vandergriff.
1: what maybe you're missing out on in charisma and personality you're making up for with a little bit more experience and somebody that's been around the block and you're right that would be somebody that could fit an offense similar to what UK may be trying to do next season because Brock's going to be running, folks. Like, Roush brought that up when we were talking running backs and they brought in Chip from Ohio State. Uh, Roush mentioned, like, well, you know, you you, you may have a running back in Brock himself. He's going to be getting plenty of carries too. And that's sort of how they used Levis that first year with Cohen when it worked. So, you know, Cohen has that in the brain with Brock. So interesting with Moorhead, but it, it really couldn't be like, I, I would want yeah. something more exciting than Moorhead, but Moorhead is your basement. Nothing below that. Yeah.
2: And this all goes back to the original, I think, frustration from everybody around the Big Blue Nation is that when Nick Saban retired and they went out and got Kalen DeBoer, that was the coaching hire that would make the least amount of ripple effects on Kentucky. Like, it's just, it was hard to foresee moving parts elsewhere like Jed Fish moving up from Arizona to Washington. You know, it's not like you were going to get some coach where maybe Cohen's a candidate for their head coaching to fill the other guy's spot, right? Like, you felt like you were kind of going to get by. And, and then for all this to pop up, you're just left wondering what what, what the hell is going on here. Um, so yeah, And
1: I don't think it's the case here. I don't think it's the case. I'm also always skeptical of the old... Let's get your buddy a raise, and I'll give you more scoop. I don't think that's going on here with Cohen. Like, you know, fabricating interests and other jobs. He is legit. You know, it's people in Chicago saying that he's interviewing for the Bears. Yes. The State State State. Know,
2: it, I haven't seen it really anywhere else besides Kentucky people discussing it, Matt and Roland.
1: I'm always a little skeptical of the old, you know – you give us info, we scratch your back, you scratch ours, people get paid, everybody's happy. Don't think that's what's going on here, but whatever, we've we we we've got to come out and, and make sure that our offense is going to be intact for next season. Otherwise, it's it almost feels like the season could be lost before it even starts. So we don't want that. We don't want to go to a commercial break, but we have to because we love our sponsors. We love people that support Big X Sports Radio, like you all listening here from 7 to 9, Monday through Friday. Kentucky Roll Call, TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Galen, back after this.
2: Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call.
1: My old man is a television repairman. Got the ultimate set of tools. I can fix it. They
0: got Yeah, they the
1: One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, D- oh. Justin Kalen, Fun show. We've talked a lot. I think maybe we get to the text line. I, I know there's more we can get to. We'll make some NFL predictions for a fun Monday, doubleheader Monday on the NFL, a little bit later on the show. But basketball, there's obviously more we could talk about, but maybe let the Texers take over. Football, there's more we could talk about. Maybe let the Texers take over, unless you have any other quick hitters from the weekend, Roush, because it was a busy weekend.
2: Um, Patino dropping an F-bomb. Being like the not the craziest thing he said in his press conference was that that guy. Yelling at the officials is a form of cheating, and I don't do it. I don't yell at officials. Like, okay, okay, Rick, you don't yell at officials. Cute.
0: He said it's a yeah, form thanks. of cheating?
2: Yeah, trying <laughs> to incite the crowd to get calls your way. It's a form of cheating. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious.
1: He, I. The thing I said when he left town was like, we'll miss that guy in the media Gosh. more than anything else. Because he was all, like, he made every press conference interesting. Mike Mara is the best shooter in the history of basketball. I've never seen a better shooter than Mike Mara. Uh, it was just always great. You never knew uh, he is out. I don't think you're going to be seeing him anytime soon. 12 hours later, starting for U of L, this player that Rick Pitino said would be out for uh, seven years. (laughs) He was a, he was a treat. Yeah, he's doing, he's up to his old shenanigans. First time since 1965, you're saying X Tigers, LIT champions. Let's all give it up for the Tigers. Speaking of cheating.
2: Yeah. You know what? I, I really cried crocodile tears for the Trinity Shamrocks for not getting that call They go their way. They, You know what? They really – things never go their way. So I can't believe it didn't go their way in the LIT semifinals.
1: What they're referring to is a controversial, questionable call on whether or not St. X did or did not get a shot off before a buzzer. There's a picture going around that shows the ball in the St. X player's hand with the backboard lights on. Roush, it looks AI to me. That photo looks photoshopped yeah, it's
2: gotta to me. Be. I haven't I seen the first <laughs> great on Photoshop. He, I... was, he was the one that really blasted it out to the masses. So are we sure there's not some funny business going on.
1: And then somebody was like, Well, you know, I was there. I'm not so sure it was photoshopped. That being said, those how many times in college basketball do we see where the horn and the light aren't synced up with one another? This is a rinky dink high school gym that you know the technology probably isn't great on that. So in the case that it's not Photoshopped or not AI, I think it's very clearly and pretty obvious that the horn and the and the light weren't synced correctly, <laughs> thus Thane X should get the win. Uh, in all seriousness, oops. <laughs> like, you know, what do you want us to do about it? What, do you, what I, It did cross my mind knowing like, that St. X can be a little holier than now, rightfully so. Like, I would I wouldn't have been shocked if Saturday morning they're like, you know what, guys. In the in the spirit of sportsmanship, we shouldn't have won that game.
2: <laughs> it mean, was like Mike Glazer thing I've ever heard.
1: But if it was maybe anybody besides Trinity, I think it was the fact that it was Trinity. They were like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, we're not the officials. We didn't call it. You know, we were only playing the game. So yeah, St. X definitely got away with one there. What but, was the score I mean, there, when that
0: happened? Was it was it tied or one. did they need to hit? No, it?
1: they are down one. Wow, down one. Five seconds left. They like an out of off balance, out of control. Seven foot layup jumper off the backboard just was way too long. And he was just on the other end of it and put it up and, and scored, just in the nick of time. Hey. <laughs> just got it off. But no, that was awesome. This St. X basketball team is really, really good. The seventh region's still the seventh region, obviously. Trinity's really good as well. So it, it's gonna I bet we see those two teams probably play for a spot in Rup Arena, which will be awesome. Where do they do the seventh region? Do they do that at Valley too? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Yeah, Don't put built, the seventh they, region they built, in the
2: valley. They built a gym, the nicest gym in the city, so they're posting everything hosting everything there.
1: It's not even in the city. People forget that. And secondly yeah, uh, Secondly, just do it at Bellerman. Saint yeah. X and Trinity have played classics at Bellerman. Keep it going. And maybe uh, it's yeah. at Bellerman, but I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think you are right.
2: Uh you know what? I I think it's Silly that that's, like, the newest gym. That's the nicest gym. Um, every school by my wife's area is newer than – has been built since 2000. And the newest JCBS school was built in the 70s. So, yeah. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Don't have bad schools.
1: And you it seems like if you just go outside of Jefferson County, every gym is new everywhere else pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, text on into the Thornton text line, 5024141450. I imagine a lot of people – Gonna be talking some basketball. A texter says we're due for some officiating shenanigans. I think today is the day. You were spot on. Is there any doubt A and M shoots better than forty percent from three today? Would put the mortgage on it. That should have been A and M's second delay of game with twelve minutes left. What the hell was up with that too?
2: Yeah, that that I thought that was a rule. You did, fool me once, stream on you. Fool me twice, technical foul. They didn't call it. Um, I I didn't understand that. Um, I I did want to quickly mention the refereeing shenanigans at Ford Field last night. Um, Terrible call to end a half that took some points off the board for the Lions on the false start offsides on fourth and five. And then, like, Puka Nakua got just – I mean, the jersey pull should have been a hold or a P.I. They got neither of them. Um, Yeah, just some shenanigans going on up there. Happy for the Lions, though, but upset. They scored touchdowns on almost every possession in the first half, and red zone field goals, and we get an under. Just a travesty to the over. Really disgusting stuff.
0: You know, I so. I actually went to bed, and I told Gil, I was like, well, wish I would have bet the over on this game. And then I wake up this morning, and I check the score, and I'm like, wait, what? They didn't get to the over? It was so high scoring that first quarter and a half or so.
2: I know, Scoots. You need your beauty sleep, but I cannot believe you didn't stay up to watch the Detroit Lions' first playoff game in 30 years I at home. It was didn't. a great. It was the only good football game all weekend, and you just were like, "I'm going to go to bed."
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I got a schedule here, Ralph. I gotta I gotta get my sleep.
2: I know you're like, I gotta get my sleep. Meanwhile, I'm like, well, I got four hours. I should be good.
0: <laughs> Scooch, are you going to stay up for the Bucks and Eagles? Uh, no shot. I, you know, can I just tell you all how thankful I am that the Steelers Bills is at three th- or four thirty. That's gonna be awesome if they get to play. There's, there was a rumor going around that they might have to move it to Tuesday. So hopefully that, that's, that, not yeah, that's not the case. Yeah, happening. hopefully that's
2: not. Uh, yeah. oh, very funny to see the Bills dude sliding down the slide of snow with his shirt off. Uh, that, that made me laugh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, a texter. They get twenty dollars an hour, Roush, to do that. I would have done it.
2: If I was a kid, I would do it. I don't know if I'd still do it or not. If I
1: lived like within walking, walking distance, distance of the stadium, I probably would do it. But yeah. if I, I wouldn't commit. Just to say to you
2: did it too. You know? Yeah.
1: They're getting fed too. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars an hour, pretty good. And they're getting yeah. food. I'd put in my yeah. five hours. I wouldn't. I, I agree with you. And you just get to be in the NFL stadium of a yeah. team you love. You know, just enjoying the weather. Not great weather, but it's fun. A texter says, Taylor and Radford were 25% from the three on the year entering today. They're 8 of 15 so far today. So, Rash, earlier in the show you mentioned that it had a similar Florida feel to it, and it definitely did. But one reason I was more nervous on Saturday than I was for the game in Gainesville was they were just getting so many easy baskets inside. Yeah, at the rim. Yep. That was concerning. I-, I get it that these guards aren't going to be able to – defend the ball amazingly they'll get better that is i mean if you're looking for a positive it's equal parts concerning and it's equal parts i guess you can you can take a positive spin on it if you want but like the way that they were playing screens even trey mitchell from time to time david sisk and brandon ramsey they'll do a great job of tweeting out the videos make sure you're following both of those guys on twitter but they'll do a great job tweeting out those videos oh my heavens roush like some of the times where like Trey Mitchell would just be playing the total wrong side of a screen, which would just leave Radford or Taylor a clear path inside. And they would either probably go score themselves or they'd dump it off and, and get a pass. The contested threes they hit, the falling away, the fading away, that is what it is. That stuff is just so annoying. There's not a ton you can do about it. But I was very concerned with how easily a was finishing inside. And you've got to have a decent game and he was impacting some shots. I couldn't believe he ended up with the numbers that he did when it was all said and done, but even he didn't make a huge, you know, not a big enough impact. He wasn't a difference maker enough to turn the tide. That was concerning how teams are just going to try to get it inside against UK. Cause I think you saw AM, you're going to think that you're going to be able to do it. Now it was guards that were doing it. So you have to have guards that can create and be able to do that. But we've now seen every loss, UK has gone against guards that have been able to do just that. Uh, Harris was more of a problem from outside, but the white guy on UNC Wilmington just torched Kentucky, and UK had no answer, and UK had no answer for Taylor or Radford either.
2: The first play of overtime, the only field goal of overtime, was the exact example that you're talking about, where it's just, oh, ball screen, guy goes all the way to the basket for a layup. just, you can't be that bad.
1: It, and it'll it'll get a little bit better and they can learn from some of that stuff, but yeah, it's it's not good right now. Um yeah. ridiculous officiating down the stretch, one team getting every call at the rim, the other one getting none. And and that made it even tougher for UK's defense is that if you tried to play a little bit physical, you were gonna get called for a foul. If you tried to play a little bit passive, they were just gonna score on you. And and all this is to say though, I'm not Making excuses, I was bummed with the loss on Saturday. I would have been bouncing around Louisville had they won. But that was a and best game they're going to play all season. They needed overtime. They needed career days from two dudes. And Kentucky still had a chance. Yep. Remember that 2011 team? They lost a lot of road games. I hope yep. this team doesn't lose nearly as many of them. But mm-hmm. by God, they fought in every single one cool. of them. And you knew that they were going to be battle-tested when the lights were the brightest. And they were. This team that was they lost, but they did fight, and and they went down to the wire, and they probably should have won.
2: Fourteen top twenty-five teams lost last week. Houston lost twice on the road. Uh, I want to say four of the top five to unranked teams. I mean it. So this this happens. Um, it, it kind of stinks. You could have really risen up, probably been second in the AP poll if you would have won on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does happen. So there there is that. At least to hang your head on, and you're right, TJ. I've kind of thought about the 2011 team, too, um, a little bit. But just keeping guys in front better um, when you wanted to make a and a jump shooting team. That was the part that was just a little frustrating. By the way, there were
0: eight eight home teams unranked playing ranked teams on Saturday. Five of them lost. So that'll be my new betting trend moving forward. I'm just going to bet every home team on the money line that's facing a ranked team.
2: Yeah, well, you would have – would have done okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the right system. The, Illinois lost as a home favorite uh, to an unranked team yesterday. So just like <laughs> un- ranked teams falling left and right all around college basketball. Tennessee should have lost the second time. They needed to close the game on a twenty-one to four run to be able to beat Georgia. That's, that, hell. They almost did that at Mississippi State.
1: Georgia, you you bums. I know. You like we needed uh, for SEC standings' sake. We needed you to close out that game. You had them beat. They just. They blew it. I mean, there's no Mike White should be embarrassed. Yeah.
0: Georgia's they, an I mean, okay they team. They're,
1: they're an okay team, but goodness gracious. You had them beat. You had them beat every which way, and you blew it. That was bad. And if Kentucky ends up not winning the SEC, I'm going to look back at that, Georgia. You bums. Uh, but, uh, you know, both Tennessee and Kentucky have losses. Auburn does not. And there's a couple other teams that are undefeated in SEC play. A texture says – Ridiculous uh, – okay, the goaltending thing is annoying, but it's the rule. More frustrating is the two delay of games without a tee and a lane violation leading to an extra free throw in a game that went to overtime. Yeah, those little <laughs> things are so annoying. Need a do back he- in part to save Mitchell's legs. 40 minutes on Tuesday. He looked tired today. Can't do that all season. Great point, I agree.
0: <laughs> he played 44-plus minutes on Saturday. Too much. That's unbelievable.
1: I mean, he's, been playing, he's been playing a ton, and guess what? If a do's still out Wednesday, you get – you get Smith on Mississippi State, who's awesome. DJ Jeffries is not very good, but he's going to play physical. Like it's a, It'll be another tough matchup for Trey Mitchell Saturday yep, – or yep. Wednesday, excuse me. And you're going to need him out there, but you also can't – you can't waste him away by him being exhausted playing out there. So we really, really, really need a do the arrow out there.
2: Uh, Texer says, um, you never hear their offense will cost them in March about teams that are 50th offensively and top 10 defensively. Seems to only apply the other way. Well, unless you're talking about Virginia. It's like we do that every year with Virginia.
1: People do bring it up about Virginia. That is accurate. Yeah. Uh, text, but you do hear it on the other end more. The texture is right. I would be furious if Radford called off three, happened to us, but it was pretty textbook offensive player creating the contact.
2: Uh, Rob's going to get one of those too because he just kicks his legs out every time he shoots a three. Yeah. Which it was yeah, cool but- to see him heat up there at the end. And I thought it, the three was going down. But we're very much just, like, living and dying by the Rob in in some situations. Well, like that, they, they, they had realized, like, all right, he's cooking. Just let him do his thing. And, it you know, he, he couldn't do it all, unfortunately.
0: See, after the leg kick, I made sure to watch Rob on the rest of his threes. And he does slightly kick out his leg on every shot. So, I don't like yeah. If that's your shooting motion, you shouldn't call that. And, and, I'm and gl- Ra- I was glad they didn't. Roush, I think that's a wild take, man. Like, Dillingham –
1: Single-handedly forced overtime.
2: Yeah, I know, but you all like he also didn't win you the game. Like, he, like yeah. Well, god he, for, he, like,
1: God forbid he didn't. You know, he didn't do every little thing. Yeah, yeah, and then
2: and then he like and then he ran like he ran out of gas and nobody scored in overtime. Like that's kind of just what they did down the stretch. And we've it's happened before. It happened in Malik Monk in the North Carolina game. I mean, right in, in the N C A A tournament. Like you you live by it and you died by it.
1: He didn't die. You didn't die by it. Then that game either. He hit the three to tie it, and then Luke May just hit the shot to to beat you on that one. Like you're not in that spot without Malik Monk. You're not in that spot at all without Dillingham.
2: I know, and I got into it more with Big Blue Cardi, who's uh, I guess he's one of the rough guys, right? Rough to no good guys. No,
1: I don't think he's in the sack pack. Um, okay. He's he's just uh, he he kind of he's a similar tweeter in the sense of like a content kind of guy, but I don't think he's part of the sack pack. I could be wrong about that.
2: But, but I just I, I I know it was controversial for me to say that Rob made a terrible pass to DJ because it hit him in the hands. But it was also like they ran an ISO play for Rob, and like they were waiting for Rob to do his thing, and then he just fired a missile over to DJ. DJ didn't handle it. I just I just thought it was a bad play.
1: The it, I mean it was a bad play, and it, it's equal part blames on both of them. Rob didn't. It was a bad pass. Didn't need but it still also should have been caught and like just gathered and like DJ just like, okay, hold on. That was kind of hot. Let me, mm-hmm. you still have 10 seconds on the freaking clock. But I think the biggest issue is Rob, just initiating things. Just, yes. just dribble, just dribble go. until there's six seconds left and, and then go. Yeah. And, and this is, this is on Calipari and this is on coaching because at the end of halves and end of games, they've had way too many stupid things like this. So first off, are you even working on that stuff in practice? I'm sure the answer to that is Yes. But secondly, what the hell is going on in practice that isn't translating to games? Because these guys look, they they play a certain way for about eighteen minutes in the first half, eighteen minutes in the second half, and then sometimes in the final two minutes, they just look like a chicken with their head cut off. And you can make a case. Why was Dillingham even bringing the ball up the court there? He, you, you, yeah, you get. I get that you want him to have the ball in his hands, but wouldn't you want him maybe coming off a screen where the defense is chasing him to allow him to get more space? But instead, you're having him bring the ball up. I just think that whole you could have won it right there. I mean, you, you could have very easily yeah, won yeah. the game right there and you you blew it. Um, I did think Dillingham's three that would have seemingly maybe won the game Dude, for UK. I thought that was in.
2: I thought it was too. Did you see um, what he said after the game about it? He's, he's gonna go in, in March. That's where I was yeah. in my brain at night flashbacks. I love the confidence. I love Draymond tweeting at him, what Rob Cook 'Cause and he hadn't done much until he got hot there at the end. It was like, Oh, hell yeah. How long? How long is this heater gonna last? was just what I was asking myself. Um, the other point I didn't make today, too, is like, Reed Shepard, stop passing the ball
1: so damn much. Just shoot Same. it. Yes, just shoot it. Yes, Yes. shoot too, the ball. You're, you're too good. You're hurting the team yeah. when you pass it as much as you do. We can live in, with your misses, buddy. It'll be all right.
2: In general, they're passing it just period too much. Eleven turnovers. Like that, that was not the team early on. And some of it yeah. probably is adjusting to SEC play and good defenses. And they're playing some of their better defenses to start off. But Mississippi State, they're going to be similar, right? Like, that, they're going to do the same thing. Like, I, there aren't a ton of teams. I mentioned that there aren't a ton of teams like this in the league. But they're one of them. Tolu Smith's one of them. Ratchet, like all you guys, like, let's clean it up offensively. And quit coughing the ball
1: up. I mean, they had 11 turnovers on 11 turnovers. That's not bad. They're averaging nine and a half on the season. That was a hostile road environment where A&M was fouling every time. I I, I know that you played but games you- in front of coach K and Bayheim, but I don't know if that's a legitimate gripe, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 11 to nine, like they had more turnovers. Yeah, yeah I, I, also a and- suck it to everybody. Oh, football guy doesn't know ball. Like, dude, I'm no, more, I'm no more ball than your freaking left pinky. You can suck it. God, it drives me nuts.
1: They got you riled as a crocodile.
2: Oh, they really did. And it, it, it didn't help that the stupid football games on Saturday were boring, so I was just on my phone scrolling mm-hmm. during them all. all uh, beers th- deep waiting for the football games to start to be good. <laughs>
1: Uh te- texter says nick saying he knows basketball because he played in roy williams and billy g in high school has to be a top krc cringeworthy moment another one says this is very bad and they sent in roush's tweet so people were getting on you about it i think hey, roush's she- point is that like you know he's not a dummy when it comes to that like
2: all of these people who you follow on the recruiting trail like i played in those events like i it's not like i'm just some like schlub that, that that's never seen good basketball before <laughs>
1: A texter Sorry. says, give me second half Ugo for ten to fifteen minutes a game, and we have we may have something in that kid. Give Edwards back to a do right now. Yeah. Edwards did some okay things, no, but you Edwards, just need it. He
2: had a couple big threes. He's just yeah, he, he also is like if him and Ugo are twelve to fifteen minutes again like right now, that's kind of where you they're great contributors. You can't lean them and do them much, especially Edwards defensively. Like he just has no idea how to play defense at all. But nine block shots uh was that, that tied a season high, they hadn't had nine block shots in the last two years in a game. So, like, that that's going in the right direction. Um, but I just think you ask a lot out of him when you – like, it's got to be baby steps getting you go this much playing time.
1: The one thing I'll never understand is why Edward continue to get the minutes that he does. He's overly scared of the moment, wants no part of the game. When it gets tight, he has to play less moving forward. And I, how many minutes did he end up playing when it was all said and done? I, I don't – you know, he wasn't – twenty-two.
2: It was the least amount of any of the people who played. Like, so I don't... You know. I think
1: when push came to shove, Cal kind of figured that out, and I don't think it was they lost because of Edwards' minutes there late, right? I think yeah. we had the people in for the most part we wanted. Again, maybe you're somebody that's like, oh no, Reeves has to be in all at all times. Maybe you were disappointed with that. Maybe you're a Reed needs to be in at all times kind of person. But between the four of those guys, you're only going to get three at certain times. And yeah. you know the weird thing is, is DJ is easily the worst shooter of the four, but I think he's the one that may need to be in definitively the most. Yeah, no, there's, DJ. There's an- how is DJ dropping in draft boards, Roush? Like, he is turning it on. Like, he is yeah. starting to be... points, points, most against the power conference team this year. What, What? you know, what's what's the next level for him? If he keeps getting better over the next two months, goodness gracious, this yeah. team will be all right. I hated that loss
0: on Saturday, but, Scooch, tell UK fans not to worry. Oh, UK fans shouldn't be worried, and it's for a lot of the reasons that we've discussed today. I mean, you got a good performance from Justin Edwards. Hugo gave you some good minutes. If those two guys are, are giving you decent minutes, Kentucky's going to be okay. Settle down. It's going to be all right. Road's Settle a hard down, place everybody. to win. Road is a hard in-
1: place to win. NFL predictions against the spreads today. The Bills were my lock of the week, but I am 0-4. Actually, I did get the Packers game right, but i faded myself in my gambling league, so I'm really 1-3 of three from a betting standpoint. But I think the Bills cover. That was my lock of the week. Sorry, guys. And then I'm still taking the Eagles. I don't know. I think they win and they mm-hmm. cover. I know that – Everything seems to suggest Tampa Bay, but the NFL is a real zigzaggy league, so I'm going to go with the zig and take the Eagles to, to win and cover.
2: Bucks is the dog. I'm mad the game got moved out of the snow because I had the under, and now it's, the total's gone up. But I'm still thinking Aww. it's an under for the Steelers.
0: Give me Steelers-Eagles,
1: baby. Let's do it. Oh, boy. All right, everybody enjoy your Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. We'll get to the Thordens text line. This is KRC on the Big okay. X. And
0: I sure would like some sweet company. And I'm leaving tomorrow. What do you say? When I'm gone. When
1: I'm gone. Jeffersonville.